Messerly with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, bringing you a special Frontline of Hope update with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for Thursday, the fifth week of Easter. As we've been saying over the last few weeks, Eastertide is a period of celebration over 50 days, and we're still in that 50 days. It'll be ending on Pentecost, May 31st. Happy Easter and welcome Your Excellency. Thank you. Happy Easter to you, and happy Easter to all who are listening today. Well, Bishop Brennan, uh, first and foremost, in many of our minds, is what's happening with corona. We're all adjusting to that personally, of course, and then we're also adjusting to that in a work environment, and even in the broader environment. But also there's an element of that adjustment in our Catholic faith and at our parish level. And there's going to be a lot of things happening over the next couple of weeks as we prepare for some of us to gather on the Feast of Pentecost on May 31st. Could you give our listeners a little update about what's going on now and anything new? Absolutely, absolutely. I've had some conversations with the other bishops in Ohio, and actually I received some interesting questions in the mail, which this is good. It gives me a chance to to speak to these issues. So first of all, yes, a reminder, we're looking toward the, the restoration of public celebration of Sunday Mass on Pentecost Sunday, May 31st. And um, and in fact, in the days before that, the weekdays just before, so Monday the 25th is Memorial Day throughout that whole week, um, churches will be opening according to their ability um, so that there'll be the availability of weekday Mass be- that week before Pentecost. But our major opening, we have our eyes fixed on Pentecost Sunday. In the meantime, churches have begun to open up for prayer, and they're doing that according to their ability to keep the churches clean, to restrict movement so that people who do come in um, have the greatest opportunity f- for to pray with the, in, a, in an environment that is safe and um, available to to them. So that's happening now. Um, but somebody raised the question, actually a few people have been raising the question, does this mean that I have to go to Mass? Am I sinning if I don't go to Mass? And the answer is no, it does not mean that at all. As a matter of fact, um, here in the Diocese of Columbus, I've um, dispensed all Catholics at least through September 13th, so at le- through Labor Day, um, so that we don't have to keep revisiting it among the people, but that people can have a sense of security. Um, knowing that the situation that's ahead of us, knowing that the guidance of the civic and um, health and public health officials are all saying the same thing, that we really should try to limit movement, we should really try to limit gatherings. And um, and so we're making Mass, the public celebration of Mass and the reception of Holy Communion possible for those who wish um, and trying to take all the necessary precautions, um, but the d- dispensation continues to be there. So you, please have your consciences rest assured, rest assured that um, that uh, you have no obligation that that has been dis- uh, dispensed. Um, and you know, I think what we're kind of counting on is that maybe people will come. Once in a while, we'll spread out so that we, we – uh, well, I'd love to be able to – nothing would please me more than to see churches full and everybody fully alive. That's just not healthy. That's just not healthy. So um, what we want to do is maybe people could spread out the times when they come, come this week, but maybe give it 
give somebody else a chance next week or come during the week if you can when it's a little less crowded. But but no one, absolutely no one should feel the obligation uh, to come. And, of course, if you're in one of the risk categories or if mm-hmm. there's even the slightest possibility that you may be carrying the virus, we urge you then to stay home. Mm. That's good, good advice. So you use the word available. Mass will be available starting May 31st, but there will be a dispensation for all the faithful in the Diocese of Columbus. So that's, uh, that means that you don't have to go, right? You, that's if what you it means. Feel Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it bluntly. That's correct. You do not have to go to Mass. It is not a sin if you miss Mass during this time because we are in an extraordinary moment. Um, and it's never been... Um, God's never wanted us to do to, to to do something that would put our risk, our health at risk, or the risk of others, uh, the, the, to risk the health or well-being of others. So we've always been dismissed, uh, dispensed. We, 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 you don't have to go to mass when you're feeling not feeling well, but we're making it clear because of the nature of this virus and the contagious nature of this virus. Even though we're opening up beginning Pentecost or in those days just before. No one has to go to Mass. Um, in fact, I'm encouraging people really to limit the times they come out because it is still the more healthy thing to do to stay somewhat isolated. You talk about charity being the uh, virtue uh, uh, that that drives all of these decisions, and we all need to be very charitable to each other. One of the things that comes to my mind is that churches. Um, we might have a church comparison meter in our head as this is launched within different parishes throughout the diocese, that perhaps there's a, a larger parish that has a different setup, and they're able to do a few things that a smaller parish couldn't do or something like that. Or vice that. versa. Mm-hmm. Vice versa. Sometimes a smaller parish may be equipped differently. Exactly. They're very different. And I don't think we want to go there. Any words on that? That's exactly right. Um, and... Uh, we, we, we're really just not in a position to compare and contrast because the situation will be different. First of all, every building situation is different, but also the, avail- the availability of, um, uh, of trained and able um, vo- volunteers or staff to be able to maintain um, the disinfecting. We may have to change schedules. Um, we may have to reduce schedules. I know people will say, well, we probably should offer more. Actually, we may have fewer people who are able to help us given the circumstances. Um, but, um, you know, and, and we'll, charity will also require great flexibility because I think I mentioned the other day, the bar is a lot lower. If you're not feeling well, even priest, especially priest, you should not be coming out. And we don't, we don't want the priest to be giving the, uh, mm-hmm. the virus to people, right? Mm-hmm. So even if you're not sure, somebody would kind of muster up the strength if you have the common cold. Well, the common cold may be the common cold, or it may be something more. So, uh, yes, that attitude of charity and of um, of flexibility will be very, very important to our being able to function during this difficult time. Yesterday, you were able to pray along with Father Stosh Daly, Father Stephen Alcott, Sisters Leonardo, and Sister uh, Maria Fa- uh, Fatima, the sacred rosary, or the rosary yesterday from the cathedral any thoughts about that? That must have been a special experience. It really was. It was a very beautiful experience for me to be able to pray with these fine people and to pray with everybody at home. Um, and, you know, there, again, there's the sense of loss. Yesterday should have been our procession 
right here in the downtown area, but we didn't want to lose the opportunity to be able to pray. And so we gathered and we prayed. And, um, and that, that was very nice. And it catches on to what's happening across the diocese. Um, you know, Pope Francis asked us to pray the rosary during May. So part of it's in, in response to him, but I'm just noticing it's happening all over. Um, rosary groups have been forming on Zoom and uh, families are praying the rosary together and then they're praying it as a family, but also families are gathering to pray the rosary with other families. And, you know, it might be a simple thing to do if you have that capability to invite somebody who you, with whom you speak regularly and say, you know what, why don't we pray the rosary on Wednesday night? Um, you know, get th- three or four people. Or, or pray the rosary with St. Gabriel Ra- Radio. Um, p- p- even this so-called social distancing, we're finding ways to be united together. And I'm finding it so beautiful. And what's connecting us is our prayer, our prayer of the rosary. And of course, yesterday was a beautiful day to pray the rosary, the feast of Our Lady of Fatima, that apparition of Fatima um, is one where Mary specifically asked us to pray the Holy Rosary. And uh, as you announce the third mystery, the third glorious mystery, the descent of the Holy Spirit, I'm not sure which priest or sister was leading that introduction and the scripture verse, but right at the end, there was a special surprise. <laughs> I didn't realize the timing until somebody pointed it out to me today. But yes, I think it was Father Stash who did the third mystery. And and, um, and there, there was this very loud noise. And I thought, oh, this is, this is awful. Um, and I, I thought it might have been something coming down Broad Street. I think also yesterday was a... Uh, a flyover with those uh, with the planes, and I it's, I wonder if that's not what it was. It was a very loud, very unusual noise, but it is funny. It came as the descent of the Holy Spirit was being announced. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to attribute it to the real descent of the Holy Spirit. So what that's, a what there a beautiful we go. what the a Holy beautiful Spirit making His presence known, some, one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Bishop Brennan, in today's gospel, uh, we talk a little bit about uh, Jesus and uh, the Jesus um, inviting the crowd to to join him, and we talk about Saint Matthias, uh, the mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you call him the replacement apostle, but uh, the twelfth apostle. That's right. So today, the readings really tie into the actual feast, even more so the most feast, because this Saint Matthias is a biblical figure. So, in the Gospel, we're at the table with Jesus on the night of the Last Supper, and um, we hear his call to love. Um, As the Father has loved me, so I love you. Remain in my love. And I, he has this great line. He says. I've told you this so that my joy may be in yours and that your joy may be complete. That's what he wants for us. Mm. That's what he wants for us. But today, of course, it's the feast of the Apostle um, Apostle Matthias, St. Matthias. And that's right. After, um, after the crucifixion, we know what happened, how Judas had betrayed Jesus and then despaired and took his life. And... The apostles in prayer knew that they needed to have that. They rounded out the 12. Jesus called 12, and they felt that they needed to have the 12, and the 12 correspond to the 12 tribes of Israel. And so, really, 
he's the first of the bishops, you might say, to be called forth. That's you know, you have the twelve, and then they have to an- announce a successor. So they got uh, Matthias, and and you notice in the Acts of the Apostles. It's not like they had an application process. It's not like they argued it out. They prayed. Mm. They prayed, and they asked for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And that guidance of the Holy Spirit led them to Matthias. And so um, Matthias joins the ranks of the Twelve and was with them for the gift of the Holy Spirit and um, bore witness to the resurrection of Jesus. I was really struck by that, that they were looking for somebody who had had accompanied Jesus and the apostles the whole time. Right. uh, From the day of uh, the baptism of John the Baptist to his his resurrection. And is that kind of the requirement or the, the need for anybody who proclaims God's word? Well, in a spiritual way, yes. So, you know... That, that's an interesting thing to note. So first of all, that it had to be somebody who accompanied Jesus the whole time, from the beginning, from the time he was baptized, from, from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us. You know, we often think of it of just the Twelve being accompanying Jesus. The Twelve were the ones who were designated and set apart to be sent to go out to be sent to neighborhoods ahead of Jesus when he was on earth, but also then sent to be the apostles um, proclaiming the gospel, witnessing to the resurrection. But they weren't the only ones. They had to choose from among those who had accompanied Jesus. So that reminds us that there were others, perhaps many others, who accompanied Jesus all the way through. And... And in prayer, they came upon Matthias. Now, yeah, that's how do we deal with that today? How do how do how did they deal with it in the next uh, thirty, forty years after he rose from the dead? We do need to accompany Jesus, but now more in a spiritual way. We have to know that He's accompanying us. Um, so that's a very important requirement for any kind of service or leadership within the church. Um, and really, if you think about it. Think about the domestic church and the tremendous responsibility that's placed upon parents in the domestic church, the church at home, the first church. Um, So congratulations to you who are parents for the way you accompany Jesus in your life and how you let that rub off on your children. That is a beautiful, beautiful prayer. Bishop Brennan, would you like to close us with a, um, a formal sure. prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Queen of heaven, rejoice, alleluia. For the Son whom you merited to bear, alleluia, has risen as he said, alleluia. Pray for us to God, alleluia. Rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary, alleluia, for the Lord is truly risen, alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop Brennan. So let's go ahead and live a life filled with joy today on this Thursday, the fifth week of Easter. And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress.